This is the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. My name is Heidi. I am your host. And my goal with this podcast is to teach you the real world skills that you need to kick ass as a true remote fashion freelancer. I say true remote because I talk about freelancing where you are really your own boss. You're working with multiple clients. You have the freedom and flexibility to create your own schedule as opposed to those permalance temp jobs that we see listed a lot where it's full-time freelancer in-house 40 hours a week. That is not freelancing. It's actually pretty abusive to our community and our industry. And I really don't condone or support that kind of work. Um, Yeah. So today in this episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast, I am doing a strategy session with one of our students and members of our program, Freelance Accelerator, Surviving to Thriving, also known as FAST. And Tina is a student in our program fast and she is she was a little bit lost in exactly what she was struggling with in her freelance career she's kind of uh, straddling this line between an activewear designer and a workwear designer because that's her her history and her past experience in the industry and what it really came down to is that Tina was feeling like um, she's been doing a lot of workwear she does cool stuff like she designs Um, suits for pilots and air control people and and other stuff too, not just in in the flight uh, category, but that type of workwear, right? Um, Really, really fun stuff. And she likes to sort of hold on to her activewear roots and her activewear background and experience so that it keeps her fresh in the act in the, the workwear category. She kind of applies some of the creativity from the activewear um, inspiration and and category and industry into what she does in the workwear. And she hasn't done an a, a true activewear project for a client or for a brand that she's worked for in many years. And she was feeling like that experience was slipping away from her, and she was losing some of her validity as a designer um, and as a result it was really affecting her confidence and so she and I really dig into a couple ways that she can stay up to date in the activewear category and stay confident in that category which means she can do a better job for her workwear clients. Um, another thing that came up was that Tina really felt that her workwear clients appreciate and like the fact that she came from the activewear category so that she can apply a more modern perspective and a more on-trend perspective to workwear, right? Workwear, I think, has a, not I think, she said, and, and I would say this is true, has a stereotype for maybe being a little bit boring or drab. And so they liked that she had this activewear background. And again, she just felt like she was losing the confidence because she's like, oh, I actually haven't done activewear in a really long time. And who am I to say that I, you know, have this experience sort of thing, um, right? Some of these challenges that we have in our own head that really can prevent us from making progress. So we dig into how she can present herself as an exclusive workwear designer while still staying up to date in the activewear category. We come up with some really fun ideas of how she can do this um, and build her confidence and make sure she continues to get out of her comfort zone and also feel really good in the work that she's doing. So if you are like really sort of struggling with any stuff in your head of like, oh gosh, am I good enough? Oh gosh, do I really have the experience? Um, Oh, but I haven't done that in so long. 
oh boy, are they gonna think that I'm a fraud? If you have like any of those thoughts going through your head, this strategy session with Tina is going to be so powerful and so helpful for you. I know you're absolutely gonna love it. Um, so that was a long introduction, you guys. I don't think I normally go that long of an introduction, but I wanted to really share what Tina and I talked about. Um, and I know you're gonna love this episode. Um, I wanna make sure that you, before we jump into the episode, I wanna make sure that you have all the resources that you need in your freelance career. I give away a ton of free stuff, and the best way for you to find that is to head on over to soheidi.com slash freelance, S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I.com slash freelance. We will link that in the show notes. And again, as I mentioned, this is a strategy session call with my fast member Tina and if this is a type of call you would love to have with me and get in behind the scenes and work directly with me on your freelance career this is something that I do make available only to my fashion accelerator students so get on the email list and when that program opens up you will hear about it um, you can do that just by going to sohidi.com freelance getting all the free resources that will get you on the email list and you'll hear about when our program opens up for enrollment opens just a few times a year um, if there's any resources from this interview that you want to check out just scroll down to the show notes wherever you're listening Listening. And if you love this episode, we always appreciate a great rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Without further ado, let's dive into the strategy session with our FAST member, Tina. Tina, um, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on for a strategy session. Um, you are a member in our Freelance Accelerator Surviving to Thriving program, FAST. And as part of that, you had the opportunity to get on a strategy session with me and talk through some things about your freelance career, where you're stuck, where you might need some help. And I would love to do that with you today. So can you first start out by giving everybody a quick few sentence introduction of who you are and what you do in fashion, and then we'll dive into your freelancing and, and what I can do to help you. Hi, Heidi. It's so nice to talk to you. Um I'm I'm hearing you every day, so it's nice to um, <laughs> actually talk to you yeah. at the moment. Um, well, me, um, I'm been in the fashion industry now for 18 years, so it's been a while <laughs> until now. Um, I actually started in the outer um, outer sector, like activewear, and um, also I. Uh, was working in um, for some com companies that did protective wear. So um, I have like those two parts uh, in in my portfolio before I started to freelance. And uh, two years ago, I started um, with freelancing also because I have two boys, uh, two kids, and um, it's much easier to uh, work from home, um, even though there is not really a company close to where I live. And yeah, I started with uh, two customers um, in the in the workwear um, sector. And um, yeah, it started really well because I think the um, the workwear sector industry is not so as saturated um, over here, and um, they also like that I'm coming from the, the activewear. Um, um, yeah, I'm, then I'm coming from that part, and um, yeah, so it it started then two years ago, and um, 
it feels like I'm getting more, more and more an expert in this uh, workwear area. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. so a couple things you reached out for. Um, you said that you've you've reached out to your network um, with your portfolio, and you haven't gotten the greatest response. Um, and then you also said that you reached out to two companies you did not know it took eight weeks and now you you phrase this as sort of a negative but I I think these are actually phenomenal results you reached out to two companies you didn't know eight weeks later one did not answer and one called and hired you for a project yeah that's true Okay, I think that's, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a 50% success rate. And you kind of phrased it as though it took eight weeks and nobody answered at all. And then one had a project for me. Um, so before we dive into that, I want, I want to hear a little bit more in your own words right now, where exactly you feel stuck and what exactly, how, what exact problems and questions you have for me that I can help you with on this call today on our strategy session. Okay. Um, I really have, I somehow have the problem that I'm not sure if um, I only want to stick to workwear. And I feel like it's much easier for me to get get um, clients there, but um, they are really happy that I'm coming from the active wear part, um, but I'm not doing any active wear projects anymore. And I feel like um, the... Um, the pitches I, I'm sending out to active work clients, I don't get any of them. That's my problem. Um, okay. I, I feel like I'm not good enough somehow <laughs> for okay. the active wear. And it's like there's so many competitions, so much more competition in that field. So, um, yeah, I don't really know how to... Uh, yeah, if I should only concentrate on workwear, which is nice, but sometimes sometime they will ask me, hey, um, why are you not doing any workwear anymore, uh, any outdoor wear anymore? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, how, many, how many pitches do you think you've sent to activewear? Uh, well, not as many because I'm pretty busy at the moment, so we're five or six. Okay. That's a very small amount, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it takes me a lot of time somehow. I don't, okay. I don't know. Well, let's it's talk maybe about be, that. Maybe it's it's just because um, I also feel like I'm not good enough in that field, and oh, okay. um, that that's why I okay. need very long. Okay, I think we're gonna get to something here. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, why do you feel like you're not good enough? And we're talking about activewear specifically. Why do you feel like you're not good enough in that field? Because I stopped activewear seven or eight years ago, and then um, for the last eight years, I'm doing um, workwear. Okay. I, I, so, feel, I feel like too long ago. Okay, okay, so maybe you just feel a little rusty. Yeah, a little. Okay, okay. So what do you think you could do? to feel better and more confident with your active wear skill. Now, let's be clear. It sounds like you do want to do the active wear. You'd prefer to do the active wear as opposed to the work wear. Is that correct? Mm. Well, I, I'm making money with work wear, so I'm not, I don't want to skip that. But uh -huh. um, 
I also don't want to lose totally contact to uh, active wear. It's a totally different kind of work because yeah. um, like mood boards and everything, they don't need that in workwear. Right, um, right, right, right. We, you don't have any collections in workwear. I know, it's just uh, it's item driven. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I understand. And um, yeah, that's... Uh, I, I feel like the um, the active wear um, is, would also be for me better to um, be innovative any longer for for a long time. Also for it helps me also with the workwear. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, um, they are two. Like you said, they're two very different things. It's interesting to me that the workwear companies like that you've come from activewear. I suppose they're just looking for maybe certain performance fabrics to hold up in their products and certain construction details and techniques that you know need to um, withstand you know, work conditions, like a lot of moving of the body and sort of thing, which I guess is that kind of where the crossover is? Yes, I think that's one thing. And it's just um, also that the workwear clothes are mostly very unmodern. And mm-hmm. um, and I feel like the clients think, um, okay, if, if there's a designer freelance who's doing, uh, he's, who's coming from active wear, they know how to do cool workwear. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's also what opens up the door for me. Okay. Because they, that's like the, uh, the jobs I get is, um, can you do our workwear nice? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I understand. I understand exactly. So more fashionable. And it's and... fun, though, because there is much to do. <laughs> yeah. So I think first, I think you need to make a decision. Um, You need to decide, do you want to try to go after both categories, which you can, it requires more work, meaning, you know, you're going to have two separate portfolios. Um, You you know, your your workload is different. Um, Yeah. Or do you want to focus on workwear knowing that, you know, maybe your active wear skills are getting a little bit rusty, but I bet they're still sharper than you think. Because how long did you do work Because you said you've done 18 years, and if you haven't done it for six or seven, so you did it for like 10 or 11, 12 years? Um, yes. A long time. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I, used, I stopped with active wear seven years ago. So it's okay. like 10 years active wear and uh, eight years uh, now work Okay, okay. Yeah. Here's what I think. I think that, um, okay, so it's not, you're doing the workwear, and, and you said maybe some brands are asking you, um, you know, why are you not doing the active wear anymore? Is that true? Some of the workwear brands? Yeah, they don't ask not, uh, right now, but um, oh, okay. yeah, I think if I cannot offer anything that's really cool, which I can present to them, hey, I also did something in in the active wear. Um, then they will start to say that soon, I think. You think they're going to say that, though. I think this problem is in your head. I'm going to just be totally (laughs) honest. I think that it's in your head, which we're really, really good as human beings. We are all really good at creating situations in our head and then letting those prevent us from making progress or taking action. 
So here's what I think. I think it's a bit more in your head. I don't think they're going to say anything. If they do say something, how could you respond? That I'm still going to Paris and uh, inspire myself. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I think that's not bad. I think we could refine it a little bit. I think you could say something like this. Um, you know, I love the active wear market and I still keep up with the trends. Um, I watch the mood boards, I go to fairs, I look at inspiration. Um, so I can take what's going on in the active wear market and interpret it in the workwear market. But I have made a conscious decision to focus exclusively on workwear because I want to provide my workwear clients with the best experience possible. And in order to do that, I focus on this one category only. If I were to do workwear and activewear, it would be too my thought process and my, my time and my mental energy would be too split and diversified. So while I keep up with the activewear market because I can apply it to the workwear market, I've chosen to focus exclusively on this. How does that, that sound? That sounds really good. Right? Uh -huh. And the yeah. workwear client, they're going to be excited that you're focused exclusively on them because... They want you to be focused. They, selfishly, they want you to focus on one thing, and that's their thing, right? Yeah, yeah. They're going to feel yeah. good. But then you're still doing this other stuff on the side where you're just casually staying in the loop with the activewear stuff so that you can interpret it for their workwear brands. Mm-hmm, yeah. How does that's something so like that feel? Good. <laughs> so yeah. now... That's a good idea. If, if they ask you, which I don't think that they're going to, <laughs> but if they ask you, you have a really brilliant and truthful and honest answer. So you in your heart and in your gut and in your morals can feel good about that answer because it's the truth and your customer is going to feel good because you're focusing on them. Okay. So that yeah. is, is one option to focus exclusively on the workwear, but still stay up to date on the active wear, which it sounds like is what you're doing. And with that, I think you can pitch more workwear brands. You'll have more confidence to pitch them, which means you'll send out more pitches and your confidence, you'll, you'll read the, you'll, you know, we'll be able to feel the confidence in the pitch. The brand will be able to feel the confidence. And I think you will very quickly and easily be able to get more work. That being said, um, how do you feel about focusing exclusively on workwear but still staying up to date on the activewear trends but not actually doing activewear? Or do you want to pursue the activewear as well? I think just like you're talking, I, I have in my head the thought that um, actually I'm happy with workwear. I don't, okay. Yeah, you I don't miss happy anything. Yeah, okay. But what I... It's it's more as you as you also said it's more in my head because um, I feel like if I stay in a little bit in the active wear market mm -hmm. then it it keeps my head more um, how do you say uh, creative um, maybe more creative okay. yeah okay. because I'm losing uh, I also want to offer the variety that is coming from uh, the active wear market to 
the workwear market. And that's like, I think it's more my problem than mm-hmm. actually the, the problem of my clients because they, they, as you say, they focus only on them. Yeah, <laughs> not, exactly. Not, and not on anything else. But I really feel like I shouldn't lose the contact to the active market because it keeps my brain uh, fresh. Then don't uh-huh. lose it and just stay in the loop as far as, like you said, you go to fairs, you look at inspiration, you see what's going on in the market. And, you know, don't lose it. You know, whatever that process is that you need to go through creatively to stay, you know, inspired for the workwear, go through that process. Maybe it does mean putting together some active wear mood boards just to keep your brain creative. Um, and these are just going to be self-directed projects that you do to help feed your creativity for your workwear. And again, those are the things that you can communicate to your workwear brands. You know, I, like we said, you, st- I still look at all the inspiration. Yeah. Um, and I do some little mini project. I don't do any, any projects for brands because I get to, you know, it's, it's too, um, it becomes too unfocused, but I do, you know, do some, some small mood boards on my own just to, to keep my brain creative and, and active. Um, so I think that's it. I think you just need to go through the mental process that you need to go through to find the inspiration and to stay in the loop in the market and then apply that to your workwear. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with that said, um, how many uh, workwear brands have you pitched to? Um, as I already started with two, um, right from the start of my freelance career, I uh-huh. started with two, and now I have six clients which keep coming back. Okay. So it's, and so I, that's quite as, good. as I said, I have two kids, so six is perfectly fine for me. Okay. Yeah. So you don't really need any work right now? No. Okay. No. Okay. At the moment, I don't need any work. But, yeah, I just feel like I'm losing it somehow, the active wear part. Because nothing in the past two years, I have done nothing for active wear. But you did say you're still looking at the inspiration and you're still going to yeah. fairs. I mean, obviously, COVID kind of changed a lot of fair environments, but, you know, maybe there's yeah. online things you're doing and stuff. Um, I, I don't, yeah. I want to make sure that when we leave this call, you emotionally don't feel like you're, like what you just said, that you're losing it. You're losing the active stuff because I think that is going to be, put a really big dent in your confidence, which is going to really be a bad domino for everything. So beyond looking at the inspiration, you know, what would make you feel good? Would Do you want to do some self-directed projects? Like maybe just two projects a year, like really small. Maybe there are three or four pieces. It's a really small little active work collection just to draw the silhouettes, just to pull the inspiration, just to, you know, feel like you're going through the design process. Like what for you would help you feel more confident that you are staying in the loop and you're not losing it? If one of the active wear um, pitch would really get an answer that would um, yeah and if, if I if I would do like a small project it doesn't doesn't need to be big but yeah. then um, yeah I would feel like okay I, I still uh, there's a reason why I'm still here you know yeah. does it yeah. make sense yeah it does <laughs> totally make sense so would a self-directed project be enough for you 
If they say it's good, yes. Who's I they though? So. Who's they? Uh, the clients. The, uh, I, I, how do you mean uh, self-directed? I thought it's like um, I ask a client, I can do it for free or something. Or is, oh. not, is that not what you mean? Okay. Um. Oh, you mean... Oh, you mean I'm just doing it for myself and yes. putting it in my portfolio? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. There's no client involved. You're just coming up with a project on your own. Okay. Yeah, I could do that, but I don't think that would change anything in my head. Okay, okay, okay. You think you need... I think what you need is you need the validation from the client. Yeah. Okay. I, you, you can't do it for free, Tina. <laughs> You're way too experienced and way too skilled um, to be offering your services for free. And um, there's, there's you know, a tiny exception when I, I do condone working for free and it's, it's not in your scenario. So um, do you have any... Um, do you have any contact? What about your contacts from back when you worked in activewear? Like what could, here's what I'm trying to think of. Cause like, I want you to stay here. Here would be ideal. Ideally, I know in my gut, in my gut, in my heart of hearts that you have the skills and that by doing a self-directed project, it would be enough for you to stay fresh in the market. But what I'm here, and I would like for you ultimately to get to a point where you're comfortable with that as well. I don't hear that from you today, um, and so I think that could be our long-term goal, but in the meantime, I think that if you were able to do like one small active wear project here and there for an actual client, that's really going to be the, that's going to have a huge impact on your, on your mind and your, and your confidence, right? Yes, it okay. would, yeah. So then, um, if you really know that that is what you need to give you the confidence to continue to excel and grow further in the workwear category, then you've got to need, do what you need to do to get out there and find that project. Um, you know, in, in the Freelance Accelerator program, in the FAST program, there's plenty of resources and tools to show you where to find the brands, you know, how mm -hmm. to pitch to them, how to get the work, all that sort of thing. Um, even how to pitch to your network. So, you know, I, the first place I think you could look is, is back at the brands that you worked with in your, in your active wear career. Have you reached out to them already? Well, they all people I still know from them, uh, from there, I, they are working for big brands, like okay. really big European brands, like okay. Mammut, uh, and, well, I don't know if you know yeah. <laughs> European brands, but um, they don't uh, do anything with freelancers. Okay. It's Fair. too big. They have yeah, their own designers. I understand. So it would be more like smaller brands I should l look for, I think. Yeah. Or startups, maybe I yeah, don't know. There's I, like out there. for the work where I um I also I work for you called the Middle America brand. So they are like twenty or thirty people working yeah. there. They yep. don't have a design department, yep. and that works really good. Yeah. I don't know if anything like that exists 
in the um, activewear market at all. I think um, probably less of that in the activewear market, but where I think you could find, um, I think probably your your easiest point of entry for activewear to do a couple projects. Um, or even just one project, you know, one project a year is going to be probably in the startup world. And so, you know, you had said you want to do this to build your confidence and you had said, maybe I just do it for free. I don't think you do it for free, but maybe just to make the project really easy, you, you do it at like a slightly reduced rate, which can work really well for startups. Um, some of them are definitely strapped for cash. So, you know, do some research. I mean, but this is where it's going to become a lot more work for you just to get this one project, right? You're going to need to have your activewear portfolio together. You're mm-hmm. going to need to do the research to find the active brands that you want to pitch to and then send yeah. the pitches out and discuss with them. So you need to um, figure out for yourself. There's if it's really, really needed. Is do you really need it, right? And so this is where I'm trying to say I, I'd like to what ideally I want us to get to the point um where you know you by doing a self directed project that's enough confidence for you. Um mm-hmm. I, I hear you that you need the validation, you need the buy in. Um I mean how would it uh, what but maybe you, also the workwear clients could give it to me if they say, hey, cool project. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe if you have good relationships with them, you you could just say like, hey, I'm just working on these projects for fun. I'd love to, you know, see what you think about it, if, you know, depending on what your relationship is with the client. Um, and you could just toss it over their way and, and get their buy-in on it. Or maybe you have friends in the industry, some of these people you used to work with, and maybe you just throw it out to them and you just say, hey, I'm just doing some projects to keep my brain fresh. And I've been doing a lot of work wear, but I, I still like to keep my creativity in the active wear um, sector because I think it really helps me um, do a better job in my workwear design. And this is just a self-directed project I did for fun. I'm not trying to like sell it or anything. I just would love to, to see what you think of it. You know, maybe you get some validations from some people that you know in the industry that have mm-hmm. some level of, um, clout or authority, or I don't know what the word is. Right. But, but to you, they have some, um, their opinion means something, right? Yeah. Um, I think that would work also. Yes. Okay, I, that I, would be that's going to be much easier than going out and, and finding clients. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, you could also, you know, we've got a really really diverse group of people in the fast program. You could also share that in the peer chat group in the private student group and just say, hey, you know, and tell explain your situation and where you're coming from. And just say, I just wanted to share this here and and show you guys what I'm working on. Um, I'd love to hear any feedback on it and let me know what you think. And maybe you can get some buy-in from the people in the group. There's there's plenty of people um, of very diverse backgrounds from active, from lingerie, from all the different categories with just like you, you know, some of them have zero experience and some of them have 20 years experience. So there's definitely some good credibility in that group. Um and maybe you just put it out to all of those places. Maybe you you send it to your current clients just to show them. And, and, and then that also shows them that, like, look, you are really staying up to date on this category, right? To yeah, keep your mind yeah. fresh. I think that actually yeah. is a win-win. 
Um, you know, you could also post it on, I don't know if you're active on LinkedIn or Instagram or wherever, but I think maybe putting it out publicly and getting some comments on it could just be the validation that you need. And where you choose to do that, we've, I mean, we just came up with like five different places you could do that. You don't have to do all of them. Um, or you could, I don't know. Um, well, yeah, but that's a way that um, sounds really like it could work for me. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, because I want to get your head feeling good about this. Yeah, and it's not, as we started, I was just uh, still thinking I'm, uh, I'm, I have to do both, but actually the more we talk, I feel like, no, I'm pretty happy with the work where I'm doing yeah. so different projects. I'm doing uh, clothing for stewards and stewardess and pilots and also I'm doing clothing for the people on the airfield and That's so um, cool and you know it's uh, what I like about workwear is uh, it is totally different I'm doing a suit <laughs> and I'm doing uh like a waterproof high-vis jacket so yeah. that's that's what really is fun and um it's not that I don't like to do workwear it's just like when I feel um I maybe it's because I'm I did 10 years uh, active wear and it's kind of cooler <laughs> I don't know how you it's yeah. more cool yeah <laughs> and um but actually I'm I'm pretty pleased with what I'm doing yeah so, yeah I love to hear that but, I love that but that so, sounds a great deal yeah, yeah. so Tina I, I think yeah, I think it's um, it's really just some confidence things. And listen, we all have them, right? Like we all struggle with some of the stuff in our head. And so what we need to do is like you and I just did here on this strategy session, we need to figure out what can we do to build up that confidence? Um, because as soon as you start to lose the confidence, it's a slippery slope, right? Yeah. So, um, so what do you think you're going to do next now that, that I think we've kind of come to a conclusion on what will help you? Um, I want to uh, put a time date for me mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm pretty busy at the moment. Mm-hmm. But um, in the next three months, I want to do my self-directed project and then put it somewhere out there. Okay. You made like a really uncomfortable face when you said put it out there. Yeah. Tell me about that. Oh, um, yeah. I just feel, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope people like it. Maybe it's in the peer chat it's a good idea because um, they are very, really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, people in the fast peer chat are very nice. Um, uh Listen, part of being a designer is putting yourself out there and it can feel uncomfortable, right? It can feel a little bit scary and you can say, I hope people like it. But here's the thing, design is subjective and some people may like it and some people may not like it. If everybody liked the same thing, it would be a pretty boring fashion world, right? Yeah, So you have a unique perspective, you have a unique design eye and that creativity and inspiration is unique to you. So you do it and you put it out there. And some people, it may not be right for them, but that's okay because some people are going to love it. So um, if you feel uncomfortable, I think that's totally normal and totally natural. And I think it's actually really good because it means it's you're doing something out of your comfort zone, which is the best way for us to grow. Yeah. Okay. 
So I want you to commit to that. Um, And I want you to do that within the next three months. Do a self-directed project and at least, if you only share it one place, I want you to share it in in the uh, FAST uh, private student group, the peer chat group. Okay. Okay. Can you commit to that? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I will. Okay. And you got this. Um, Tina, I think you know a lot more than you probably give yourself credit for, which is I th- the case for most of us. So don't feel bad about that. It's something we all do. Um, you're doing amazing. Look at this. You have six clients. I imagine your clients are very happy. If, you, if they weren't happy, they wouldn't keep giving you projects. So you're doing a lot of things really, really right. So please give yourself credit for that. Um, and I think you have tremendous potential to you know, if six projects is good, which it sounds like it is, you know, you've got your two sons and that's amazing, but you have the opportunity to grow as big as you want to grow. So please know that that is within your control and that you can, you can make this whatever you want to make it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, I will. And okay. also to think I don't need to concentrate only on German brands in the work. I feel much more secure somehow in the yeah. workwear. Uh, in Germany? Industry. No, until now, I only did work for uh, for people in Germany, but I also would like to go out there and look for, um, yeah, international clients. Okay. I think. Why so not? what's stopping you from doing that? Uh, actually, that yeah, that's like matter of time at the moment. Okay. Yeah. But beyond matter of time, I think there's something else. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe it's also the comfort zone because I feel more secure in the German yeah. country. <laughs> so maybe you yeah. start with, um, you know, some neighboring countries or, um, you know, maybe you you kind of grow slowly instead of like jumping into um, a U.S. brand. I don't know. You look at like other European brands. Um, I listen, your English is very, very strong. I'm sure you don't feel as confident in it as you do speaking in German. Obviously German is your, your native language, but I'm sure there's plenty of other brands out there around the world, um, that, that could really benefit from your services. So the next time you need to do some pitching, um, or get some work and that you might not need to for a while because you've got six clients and I'm sure, you know, they know other companies and you, you'll probably get referrals and stuff. Um, but if you get to the point where you want to get outside of your country, outside of Germany, um, just for your own personal growth, um, yeah, I, I give yourself a challenge of only pitching to non-German brands, only pitching outside your country. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. I, I yeah, I will. Okay. See, for me, this uh, um actually uh, this podcast now is like really out of my comfort zone. So I'm already uh, trying to get out yeah. there. Okay, so talk about that really quickly. So, um, here's what I think. My personal belief is that getting outside of our comfort zone, it's just a muscle, right? And if we exercise it, it becomes stronger. And it becomes more powerful and, and these things become easier for us. 
if we sit in our comfort zone all the time and we don't do anything outside of our comfort zone, then we try to go outside of it and it is very, very, very hard, right? Like if you were going to try to lift a weight and you don't ever lift anything and you try to lift a 50-pound weight, that's going to be really hard. But if you are continuously lifting 10 pounds a day, then you're lifting 20 pounds, right? You can easily get up to that 50. So even doing little things that are getting outside of your comfort zone, like getting on this on this strategy session with me here today, which is going to air on the podcast, um, that makes you a little bit nervous, that's good. Because what happens is you feel nervous, but you still go out there and you do the thing, you get on the podcast, yeah. you do the strategy session, and then how do you feel afterwards? You probably feel, I mean, we're pretty much at the end. How do you feel compared to how nervous you were at the beginning? Well, I'm, I'm a little proud. Yeah, <laughs> right? I just got the chills right there when you said that. You're a little proud. You should be proud. You got through it, and maybe it was scary, but you got through it. You can do it. Um, listen, some of the things when you put yourself out there outside the comfort zone, they're not going to go perfectly. You might have some failures. That's okay. That's part of growing and building and learning. Um, but even little things that you can do on a day to day or week to week basis to get outside your comfort zone will help build and push you to do the bigger things outside your comfort zone. So just think about that. And when you go to, to do something really big outside your comfort zone, like let's say pitching to work with companies outside of Germany. Um, think back to this podcast episode or think back to something else that you've done where you worked hard and you got nervous, but you still put yourself out there and you did it and you came out on the other side and you felt proud and you felt good about yourself. Remember that feeling and then you're going to get that same feeling when you do that next big thing outside your comfort zone. It's a good feeling, yeah. right? And you're pushing yourself yeah, and you're is. growing. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Tina, you're doing amazing. Um, listen, the stuff that's going on inside your head and, and feeling uncomfortable or lacking the confidence, it is so, so common. It is probably the number one thing most of us struggle with in general in life and, and obviously in freelancing and fashion, but just in general too. So I love having these conversations and helping you work through this. Um, You've got it. I know you can do it. I want you to continually be proactive to push yourself and do the little things that make you uncomfortable, like doing self-directed project and putting it out there for other people to see. There's something outside your comfort zone. And then after you do it, I guarantee you, you're going to feel proud. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to help you grow and push towards the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Um, okay. So in three months, you're going to do your self-directed projects and you're going to put it out there at least to the fast peer chat group. And when you do decide you have time for more work, you're going to proactively reach out to brands outside of Germany. Those are your two action items to, for today. How does that sound? That's good. Okay. I'm going to do that. Okay. Here's <laughs> yeah. what I want you to do too. I'm excited, is, really. I, I'm, yeah, yeah, see? It's good. <laughs> it's exciting to do these things that are a little bit scary, but you're, you're pushing yourself and you're making yourself uncomfortable and it's good growth. Um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, within the next 24 hours, while it's fresh in your, in your head, I want you to go to the, um, to the peer chat group 
in the private student group inside the program, and I want you to share your experience about this podcast and your strategy session. I want you to share a little bit about what we talked about, where you were struggling, and what you've learned and what you've taken away, because I guarantee you there's a lot of other students and members of the program who can benefit tremendously from what you experienced today um, in this conversation with me. How does that sound? Can you do that? Yeah, no problem. Okay. I love it. That. Any yeah. last questions, Tina? No, I'm, I'm actually, I'm feeling really good now. Yeah, I'm... you're glowing. I can see you right now. You're glowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really are. You really are. It was so good to chat with you and um, lovely to meet you. And yeah, I'm really, really excited to uh, see how the things, how, how your self-directed project goes for you over the next couple of months. And you're doing amazing. You got this and, and keep pushing yourself and growing. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this strategy session and this episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. I found that to be such a powerful conversation with Tina, and I hope you agree. I hope that you got some value out of that, and it helped you build your confidence and know that you can do more than you give yourself credit for in life and in your freelance career. I know it's really easy to get in our own head and and beat ourselves down. Um, As a reminder, if you want to check out all my free resources for specifically for fashion freelancers, head on over to SoHeidi.com slash freelance. You can click the link in the show notes to get you directly there, as well as get more information about our freelance accelerator surviving to thriving fast program. Um, You can find information about that once you be on the email list. It opens a couple times a year. And we'd love to have you be part of that if you need some more support in your fashion experience career. I think that's it. It is 7.20 in the morning. I'm going to wrap up here, go get my 16-month-old son, Errol, out of bed, get him some breakfast, and get a start on the day. It was lovely to have you here listening to this episode. I am so grateful for you out there. If you love the podcast and you love what I'm doing, I'd be so appreciative for a five-star rating and review. I can talk. I've only had a half a cup of coffee. Um, Rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And yeah, that's it. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.